Hello everyone, welcome to In the Neighborhood with your hosts, Tim Johnson and Stacy Borjo. Together, they are finding out what makes the heart of the Heartland Beat. They sit down with people in your community that lead organizations, businesses, and government. You'll learn who they are and what they're involved in and why. They are the people in your neighborhood. It's In the Neighborhood with Stacy Borjo and Tim Johnson. Good morning. Hi, Good Tim. Morning. How are you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so into the video today that I'm just totally missed. So I was like, I'm Tim, like, hey, look at. Start? I don't remember being on that show. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Tim Johnson, and this is In the Neighborhood on Peoria Life. And welcome to today. Uh, here with Stacy Borjo. Hi. And today we're here with Greg Skabinski, and you're with. Agape Counseling. I am. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. What is Agape Counseling? Well, Agape Counseling, we're, we're a practice, um, and it, well, obviously counseling practice. We have uh, three different offices. We're in the Peoria area, the Morton area, and the Bloomington area, and um, we pro provide a variety of different types of services for individual, for individuals such as like individual therapy, group therapy, family therapy, um, and also addictions. Uh, we kind of specialize with some addictions and um, various other types of um, just difficulties that people may be experiencing, anxiety, depression, and those types of diagnosis. So how long have you been with them? I uh, Actually, that's a good question. Next month, I'll be with Agape for 14 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so nine of those years, I've served as the clinical director of our Morton office. Okay. And then the past um, four years, now I've been the executive director for all three. And what does that mean exactly? Well, I kind of oversee, um, well, some of it is marketing, coming out and kind of meeting and mm -hmm. uh, you find folks and, and come and talking a little bit about agape, but also trying to recruit therapists for our okay. practice. And then um, just kind of to give awareness and um, letting people know that we're out there um, and when they experience some of life's difficulties. Mm -hmm. So we kind of do that. Um, on the clinical side, I'm also kind of the clinical director of our office. So we have a great team over in Morton. Well, I, there's a great team in each of our offices, but I oversee the one that's in the Morton office. And so um, as clinical issues sometimes come up in awry, um, they're for kind of support and to kind of um, to kind of lead that. So. So you're not a counselor then? I am. Okay. I am. I'm a, actually, I'm a uh, licensed clinical professional Did you counselor. See, did you see all the letters on his? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what any of those L -C -P -C -S -A. mean. LCPCSA. <laughs> yeah, I can't even spell that. Yeah, well, LCPC, I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor. Mm -hmm. okay. Wonderful state of Illinois here. And then I'm also a CSAT, which is a CSAT. I'm a certified sex addictions therapist. And then the CMAT is I'm also a certified multiple addictions therapist. So for me personally, addictions is one of my specialties. Okay. But over the years, I've been blessed to work with a, um, a variety of just wonderful people. And in the process of that, I've kind of learned a lot from the individuals that I got to work with. So addictions is one of my specialties, but it's not all not all that I kind of work with. Anxiety, and what's depression. the last one? C-A-D-C? I'm a certified addictions therapist. Okay. Counselor. So back yeah. to the addictions. Right. Okay. Right. And you probably see all kinds of addictions then. I mean, people mostly think of drug and alcohol, but right, right. obviously there's others too. Yeah. Um, so there, there's chemical and yet there's also behavioral addictions or we kind of tend to call them process addictions. So the process addictions are more like uh, gambling. 
okay. is a process, one. Hoarding is a process. Sex addiction is one mm -hmm. that is, um, there's a big myth kind of, of about that when, you know, especially like, you know, it's today's society, what that all entails and, and all of that. Um, so we try to kind of remove some of the stigma and some of the shame that goes along with that uh, for people that are hurting and try to help them work through that. What kind of, we can be myth busters today. <laughs> yeah. So what would some of those be just to kind of educate our audience? As far as? What you were just discussing about the addictions and some of the myths. Yeah, to yeah. Kind of help people not feel ashamed. Right. You know, well, well it is one of those things where, uh, especially in, when it comes to like sex addiction, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's kind of like, okay, what is that about? Um, and sometimes it's that people can become addicted to uh, internet pornography. Sure. You know, that, that's a really kind of a big epidemic that's out there, you know. Um, and then also lately, too, there's a lot going on with, uh, um, I'm also kind of counseling and spoke in schools about screenagers, which is uh, teenagers who are addicted to screen time. Oh. Whether if it's their cell phone or it's kind of like, you know, iPads and their tablets and all of that. And research is showing that, you know, that um, a teenager who is spending like, you know, 10 hours a week, with their screen and engaging in that, that it has an effect on the brain. And it's similar to the same effect if you're taking a picture of a brain of someone who's been addicted to drugs or alcohol, there's a lot of similarities with that. Wow, you know, screen-ager. <laughs> screen-ager, yeah. that's, that's what he said. Yeah. One thing that um, we're doing a, a event here on Friday and one thing that I'm talking about is video and the importance of video and, and media today. But um, one of the stats that I have is, or, facts is that people will consume so much video mm -hmm. and so much computer time that yeah. this next generation's face will actually change their structure or their face will change because they're not interacting with people yeah they're staring at a computer monitor a lot of chiropractors are noticing it in their spine in their curvature of their spine like they're yeah. they're used to this oh right you know right. holding their phone or looking or texting and right. that type no, of i'm thing. sitting better yeah yeah but <laughs> You know, but the, the current research is that's going on, and um, there was a study that was just done, and it was finished up in September, and it was basically had to do with uh, um, how today's teenager, 18-year-old, is much like that of a 15-year-old. And a lot of it had to do, and the researcher who did this, um, I'm trying to, uh, Dr. Twinge, I think is her name, um, but she studied like 8 million teenagers starting in 1970s all the way to 2016, and she found current themes that were going on. So she saw a lot of decline as far as kind of like drug and alcohol use in teens. She also saw a decline as far as kind of just the teen uh, pregnancy rates were going down, which is true, they are. But again, going back to kind of like internet addiction and that, I think that there's an increase in porn addiction and mm -hmm. for younger because it's kind of accessible and, and people can find that. But we're also seeing a decline in actually teenagers who want to learn how to drive. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't wow. want, yeah, they, you know, they're not as willing as they were. Because like probably, I don't know, for me, I'll speak for myself, like okay. I wanted to learn how to drive because it brought freedom and I wanted to yeah. go to a friend's house, right? Yeah. Well, they say too, along with that, is that the iGen, which is what they're calling this generation because they're growing up, first generation to completely grow up with the internet use, is that um, you know it, everything is kind of right there for them. So they're the physically, they're the safest teenage generation kind of all of all time because they're not leaving their house. Or they may not be leaving their bedroom. 
because they can pull up their Mac, they got their friends on there, they got their phone, they're texting, they're watching Netflix, you know, and, and it's, uh, um, it's really interesting to see how all these dynamics, the availability and the accessibility of all this, and um, how that's interplaying, you know, just with their brain. Wow. So they're physically the safest, but then on the downside of that, mental health issues mm -hmm. in these same teenagers is, is high. We're seeing a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, um, especially kind of like in our offices now with teenagers. And, and, and really the other major downside of that is that um, uh, the suicide rates for teens is extremely high right now too. Do you think that has to do with the lack of the people? Because that's what we're supposed to be, right? God made us to be around people, yes. to be in community, to right. be together, right. not to be isolated. And even though you're seeing a friend on what at FaceTime or whatever it is that they're using, right. they're still not... The connection. Yeah. Yeah, the face-to-face -face really kind it's of thing. It's not the it same. And, and, you know, it, it's kind of like I've seen it in our waiting area, like when I go out there to walk out to get my clients, but... You can have a brother and sister out there, and rather than having an exchange like we are, they're texting one another. Mm -hmm. You know, or and I'm I'm not saying I'm perfect with this either, but like if you go to a restaurant and you look around and you mm -hmm. see a family that's there, it's like people, there's like tablets going on and cell phone use and all that type of thing. You know, mm -hmm. and, and so really, I think that that what we kind of need to do more as as a society too is about kind of like helping them establish like what balance is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that technology is bad. I'm not trying to put that message right. out there. It's actually good and it's helpful and it's useful. But it's when we engage in it way too much that we find ourselves kind of getting into trouble. And, and, and it disrupts family because it takes away from what you're talking about. We're wired for real, you know, uh, connection mm -hmm. with one another. So get out there, ride a bike, something where they can't engage, be doing this at the same time. You know? yeah. yeah, like, you know, when it comes to dinner time, just like get a, get a tote or, or a drawer open up and have everybody throw all their electronics in it and sit at a table, you yeah. know, and have a dialogue, what's going on in your life, mm -hmm. you know, and, and be able to ask the questions, what's going on. Yeah. Do you allow yeah. phones at your dinner table? We're not, we're not perfect. <laughs> not perfect. Not perfect. We try. Right. We try. Right? There are those times, like you know, and it's nice. You know, you you kind of like doing that. Um, you know, so so the the other thing that came up too is I have a colleague who's actually getting ready to publish some really kind of important research, and and what he did was um, he got a big corporate sponsor behind him, and so he got three hundred teenagers, uh, and this is down in the Texas area. So he got three hundred teenagers. To all they had to do was go away with their, you know, put all their electronics away, nothing with a screen on it, to go eight hours, and you got a three hundred dollar Visa gift card. Wow, that's kind of a nice incentive, yeah, you know. Right. So, so teenagers signed up to do this. How many do you think actually went the full eight hours? No idea. Fifty percent. Less. Wow. Really? So I'll give you a hint. Significantly less. Twenty-five percent. Less. Ten percent. Less. <laughs> One percent. Three out of the three hundred were actually able to go. And 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 really, the, the serious part of this is is that some of the teenagers who were there were engaging already in withdrawal symptoms. Like they were starting to sweat. They were kind of getting a little bit of the shakes, like alcohol. Yes. Wow. Because that is kind of what we're really talking about and what we're seeing today, and how connected we are to these devices. You know.
That's scary. It is. I mean, it really is. Because so. before, for me, it was windshield time because then you weren't on the phone, right? When your phones were back at the house and you couldn't right. take it anywhere. Right. And right. so windshield time was the time where you really got to talk. But now yeah. cell phones are with everyone 24-7. So. Yep. And that's actually, you know, a lot of the, the recommendations that are out there when you're in a vehicle, everybody puts their phone away because, again, you're in a vehicle, it gives you an opportunity to kind of hear, talk to your kids about what's really going on in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, again, engaging. That's what we want to do. And, and a lot of it, too, is, is about just kind of learning more of kind of like basically self-control. You know, and, and again, it's not that, a, a, you know, cell phone and all this stuff is bad, but it is that too much of it is kind of what's bad. So, As with anything, right? It I mean, is. it's everything's in moderation. If we can do that, then right, right, crazy. So, how do you know the difference? You know, everybody has some difficulties in life, but mm-hmm. when it when is it time to get some help? You know, going back to, I, I think that God has wired us in certain ways. He He's wired us for connection, right? But I think He's also wired us that we're not meant to do this life alone. You know. And I think a lot of times when people try to do things on their own, and I, when I try to do like home improvement projects on my own, it's not usually a good thing to ask my <laughs> wife on that. Um, but, but I think in life, we're not, we're not meant to. We need somebody. We need that connection. We need to be able to kind of talk to somebody. So if you find yourself that you're resistant really to do that, like, I think I got this, or you kind of find yourself kind of going back within yourself and it's like, okay, I'm just going to try to white knuckle. That's probably a good time. But isn't that a, de- a definition of a guy, you know? Wow, <laughs> <Hello>, Tim. <laughs> yeah, uh, right, right. So, so, you know, I think that there are a lot of just misconceptions about what kind of therapy and counseling is all about. And, and really, of course, I'm biased. I mean, this is what I do, right? Sure, right. But I think it's a tremendous asset for people to just be able to kind of go into a space, you know, in an office setting, and, and, and it gives them an opportunity. It's confidential, and whatever you're going to say within those four walls are going to stay within those four walls, and it's a great time just to download. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we all kind of have stuff within our life. You know, it's, it's, life isn't a, a, an amazing roller coaster full of kind of twists and turns and ups and downs and peaks and valleys and mm-hmm. corkscrews and all of that. But we're not meant to do and handle all that stuff alone. So sometimes we have to reach out, you know, and it, but it's about really being able to reach out to the right person, you know. Mm-hmm. So our, our role as being therapists is we're not there to embarrass, shame or guilt. Uh, you know, that's not what therapy is about. It's about kind of like asking direct questions that might be tough, mm-hmm. but really it's about kind of helping a person or walking with them through whatever that journey or whatever that difficulty is that they're really kind of experiencing. And and I think that for guys, you know, that's where we get stuck because guys, we think that it's, oh, I can do this on my own. And it's like a macho kind of thing, right? But if you think about it, that if you go somewhere and you're able to talk to somebody, you're not only... Go there with the perspective that you have, but you're gaining it also from someone else. You know, two heads are better than one, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's a tremendous, it's a strength. It's not a weakness, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's kind of, you know, I, I, for guys, I think that that's kind of the, one of the big myths, that if we have to ask for help, that it's a weakness when actually it's a, it's a tremendous strength. So if somebody did want to find a counselor, do you guys have, is your website, like, show who all your counselors were, yeah, are? Yeah, yeah. All our therapists are on there. There's a bio. 
Um, and, and I think it's really, you know, whenever I meet with a, a client for the first time mm-hmm. and we're talking in my office, you know, there's nothing more than I, and I even tell them this kind of specifically that I want it to be a good fit for them. Right. Which I think is really important. So our bios are all on our website, which kind of what we specialize in. And it just kind of lends itself to the therapeutic process. Like you want it at some level to really kind of click. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't click, that's okay. But it's good to know that so that we can then, after hearing a little bit of their story, can make a referral to someone else who would be a better fit for them. Sure. So once you go, you're not stuck. Because sometimes people, you know, just like churches or whatever else, you go in, maybe it's not a great fit, but don't give up. Don't. Yes. And try someone else. And that's probably something that you can help people with too, is say, you know, what happened here? And let's redirect redirect you to someone that might be a better fit for you. And and really that's kind of, you know, for our practice alone, we have, we do have the three offices in kind of the the three cities, but you know, we have like 27 therapists. So somebody in our office or practice, like, you know, we, we do a really good job knowing one another, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of what each other's specialties are. So you know, um, we have a great, you know, referral basis that we kind of work with one another. And, and yeah, we'll connect them to somebody that will be a, you know, better fit. But I always want them to be a good fit with me, <laughs> you know, but it's, sure. yeah. We're here with Greg Skibinski, Agape Counseling on Pure Life. We're in the neighborhood here mm-hmm. um, talking about all the great things that Agape does. And, you know, you guys are involved with the community. How, how do you guys get involved? Well, just, it, again, it, it, we're in Peoria, we're in Morton and in Bloomington, so we get involved in a lot of just kind of community affairs, whatever's going on in each one of those. Um, so, you know, uh, whether if it's Morton Rotary and the various aspects of that or Pumpkin Fest, which is always a good time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or we just try to connect. I, I do some speaking in, in different um schools in the area, just about things that are going on, like the screenagers thing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of one of my um, kind of cure, you know, current passions um, that I kind of speak highly about. So people connect with us, you know, whenever something is going on or um, we used to do when it was a woman's lifestyle, we had a booth or if there was an event at Northwoods Mall or something like that, we would have an agape booth for that as well. And we just kind of encourage people to kind of stop by and if they have questions about counseling or therapy, because just the way that the media kind of presents or you see it on TV, mm-hmm. you know, um, but if they really want to know, encourage them just to kind of come up and kind of ask, you know, reach out to us, give sure. us a call. or take So a is there a way that somebody can say, you know, I think I might need some help in this area. Is there a way that they can kind of step their toe yeah, in the water? Yeah. I, 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 would, I would strongly encourage them that just give one of our offices a call. We have uh, uh, the, um, our support staff that answer the phones, um, that do intakes and all of that. They're, they're a tremendous asset. Um, I mean, our, ours in Morton Tiffany, she helps me every day. <laughs> you know, where's, where's this, where's that? She helps me with that. But they do a great job when people call in, um, you know, just to kind of get a good idea of what's going on and how they can... Um, you know, um, get the help that they need. And so each one of our office, uh, the ladies, they, they, they also do a good job too in kind of hearing where the person's at and they know us and the staff. So they're trying to make that connection as well. We're very kind of client-centered, you know, so depending upon what it is, we're going to try to make the right connection the first time. But if it's not, well, I mean, we'll work, you know, we'll work with that as well. How about if we're, we know somebody that needs a little bit of help. You know, suicides hit a lot of people mm-hmm. recently, and 
what if we know somebody that needs some help? How do we connect them? It's, it's, it's more or less, you know, uh, we do need them to kind of make the call. Um, so maybe probably providing them with some support, some support and just kind of maybe talking to them. I mean, you're probably picking up on things or you're seeing things. Yeah. So just kind of, again, sensitive topic, but trying to be sensitive to that. Or maybe even encourage them and, and make the call with them. You know, be by their side and have them give us a call and, and um, you know, try to get in to kind of come in and meet with us. What kind of hours do you guys work for people who have a busy work schedule or school or whatever it may be? We have a well uh, a variety. So each one of our therapists, um, we kind of set our own hours. Okay. So, you know, sometimes I'm there from like 9 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. That's just kind of my schedule a few mm -hmm. nights. And some of the other therapists are there you know, throughout the day or the mornings too. So again, our therapists, we have a wide variety, even Saturdays as well. Okay. So yeah, so we pretty much set our own, we set our own schedules. So depending on their needs then will depend too on the counselor that maybe they would be fit with if right. they couldn't do during the week. Right. And even if, you know, and, and if there's even a, um, a need that's there that we can't fit like mm -hmm. a time wise mm -hmm. we do have a great connection with some of the other local therapists in the area sure and we're not you know above sending them up to a different agency or someone else who might specialize better and be that fit for them mm -hmm. so. so who are your guys's referral sources now like are doctors or do you go to it's with you going to the schools do you get recommendations there yeah you know uh i mean it's kind of interesting now so with me being with agape for 14 years now i'm starting to see the kids sure <laughs> of some of my former clients you mm -hmm. know which kind of lets you know you kind of been around for a little while when that kind of happens but we do we do get referrals from the different you know the uh, the local school districts um, from psychiatrists, from doctors' offices, mm -hmm. and, and, and it's kind of a mutual kind of thing because, um, you know, when it comes to something like depression or anxiety, um, some, you know, the research out there shows that they've tried just medication, got results from that. They tried the talk therapy, got results from that. But really, in terms of helping that anxiety, depression, or seasonal affective disorder, it's a combination of both. So we have a good resource, you know, and referral network with some of the local doctors and psychiatrists. And hospitals. So, so what's that difference between a psychologist and a counselor? Um, well, a psych. Uh, well, there's a psychiatrist, a psychologist, <laughs> three and, of them. Yeah, and then there's us. Okay, so um, the therapists that we have, LCPCs, LCSWs, we have master's degrees, but we've also had to have like a variety of hours. Like for my LCPC, not only did I graduate from Bradley and get um, my master's from there. But then you have to complete 3,000 clinical hours that are supervised. And then you have to take a test and pass that. And then you can become an LCPC. Um, your clinical psychologist, they go on, they have a PhD. And so the, the major difference between a clinical psychologist and a psychiatrist, psychiatrists can prescribe medication. Okay. So none of us can prescribe medications in our offices. Um, but the psychiatrist has the MD as well as kind of like the PhD, a clinical psychologist can do a variety of different testing and assessments, and they have a PhD. That's and I have a master's. <laughs> a lot of education. There is. There There's a lot of different, go. yeah, a lot of different letters behind people's names. You know, MD, PhD, PsyD, and LCPC. <laughs> so, okay, here's a here's a deep question, kind of open-ended, but. Um, school shootings. That's something that we're seeing. Um, there's yeah. two sides of that. There's 
yeah, it's happening and we have these kids, but we also, I think Americans are getting emotional about these shootings happening too. So they're dealing with some depression about some sure. of that stuff going on too. Sure. So um, open-ended comment there <laughs> for you to kind of comment wow. on. Wow, yeah, you know, and, and I can go back too and, and, and um, Sure, the, the most recent is the one in Parkland, and then I also look at think of Columbine. You know that kind of comes to mind, and 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 the one thing that um, I remember there was a uh, and I cannot remember what the name of the book was after the Columbine shooting that I had read, and there was an interesting research study that was done, and it was done by the uh, Secret Service, and they were comparing um, after they were interviewing the individuals who were doing the school shootings compared to those who had put assassination attempts on the president. And there was one commonality in both groups that really kind of stood out for them. And in, in those, the, um, the, the shooters or the person who were doing this felt like they didn't have one person that they can turn to in their life. Hmm. You know, and, and one so person. one person, you know, so I, and now you're hearing the story about this individual um, in Florida who had conducted this and you're starting to hear about like, Wow, he had a rough life. You're starting to hear some of his background and was picked on and like all these other kinds of things. And we know that bullying is a huge thing in our school. And, and again, it goes back to that isolation and withdrawal mm -hmm. and the need for us to be able to connect. You know, that, that's the way we were designed. That's what God wants us to do. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, the connection. Hopefully, if, if people see that there are, um, you know, mental health issues that are bigger than just kind of, hey, what's going on? Can we just sit down and talk as mm -hmm. people, as humans? Right. Like, God, way that God, you know, how's life going? And, and if we feel that, you know what, it, it's a little above the skills that I have, then they can make those recommendations and referral to a place like us. Sure. And that we can kind of help and assist in whatever way that we can in that aspect of it. Hmm. So if somebody says, I don't have the money for that, then what? Well, you know what, I, I would still, still call because mm -hmm. there is a variety. We do have therapists who are more of kind of like sliding scale okay. if they don't have insurance. A lot of times, um, you know, we, we do uh, accept most insurances that are there. But if we don't, we're going we're gonna to try to help and assist. And maybe, maybe it wouldn't be with Agape, but it could be with more of a community provider and that type of thing. Because sure. we, we really understand that when a person calls in, um, you know, that takes a lot for them to pick up that 500-pound phone, right, and to make the call. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and also, I commend my clients for when they come in that first time and just trying to walk through the door. Because, again, the way that society kind of puts, kind of gives, you know, counseling and therapy, is it's kind of like this big negative thing. It's the last resort. And, you know, or like for my teenagers, some of them come in, I'm like, the first thing I tell them, this is not a punishment. <laughs> You're not in trouble. I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we what we try to do. We we try to provide hope for people. Mm -hmm. That's what it's really about. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We have about two minutes left. Um, do you have anything that you want to bring up that might be important for people? You know, I I would just encourage people that you know, no matter how big or how small, you know, we're not we're not again going back to we're not meant to do life on our own. So, uh, you know, if there are people that are out there that kind of feel like they need some type of assistance. Give us a try, you know, try to pick up that phone. Um, you know, it, it's, it's uh, um, yeah, life, life is a pretty incredible thing. And, and sometimes, you know, with Scott Peck, who said life is difficult, we're going to experience difficulties in life. 
And so it's about kind of learning how to navigate through those difficulties and not trying to sidestep them or go over them or go around them, but really kind of like there's, there's a, um, you know, a true reward in kind of learning how to walk through that. And if you got the right person to do that, um, it just, it's a great way to help yourself kind of just mature and to kind of grow and, and really kind of learn something about yourself. So mm -hmm. it's a great benefit and a great reward. Just get in, get connected somewhere to begin with. Somewhere, right? Yeah. Church is a great place to meet people and sure. get to know, get your counsel of wise, yeah. right? And also, I don't want to leave our church communities out. We get great referrals from our church communities and mm -hmm. pastors and all of that as well. Yeah. You know, but yeah, but but you know what? Don't you don't have to bear that all yourself. You gotta you got, share some light on it. Talk to someone. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. Do you want to share your website? Sure. Uh, it is agape count www dot. I guess you have to still say that today. Mm. Wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Agape counselors <laughs> dot net. Okay, it's a dot net. So remember that right. when mm -hmm. you check it out. It has been really good to talk with you, Greg. Um, Greg Skabinski, Agape Counseling, and your office is out of Morton. I'm in the Morton office. Yes. And what are the other locations? Uh, over in Peoria, we're on Willow Knolls okay. uh, Drive. And then over in Bloomington, we're on Veterans, right next to Krispy Kreme. Oh, that'd be tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate yep. it. Thank you. Thanks. PeoriaLife.com. <laughs>